Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the world's strongest man, WWE Hall of Famer, world champion in not one, not two, but three different sports. The one and only Mark Henry and I talk to NWA owner and president, Billy Corgan, just days before the big return of the NWA on Fight TV with Back for the Attack this Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Great stuff from Billy Corgan. Also, we spar with Wrestling Inc.'s Justin Labar with all the top stories in the news in the world of professional wrestling right now on the Busted Open Podcast. But Sunday afternoon, NWA back for the attack. That's right, the NWA is back. And who better to talk about the return than president of the NWA, Mr. Billy Corgan. How are you, sir? Good morning. I'm great. Nice to see you guys, hear you guys. And uh, thanks for uh, your support always. Um, It's exciting. It's a bit wild because, like, I've been through this before, but we're going through it again post-COVID. We're out of post-COVID, but close close to post-COVID. Yeah. Got Billy, a little bit what, of what, why back with why back for the attack? Uh, you know, <clears throat> we were looking for a good name that kind of summed up our our mentality, which is you know we want to be aggressive. And uh, the band that uh, does our theme song for Power, Docking Into the Fire, who I'm a big fan of, and I've actually played with one of the guys in the band. Um, they had an album called Back for the Attack, and so I thought, okay, that's kind of perfect. You know, that sort of sums it all up for me. Wow. Docking, we're familiar with docking. Rocking, as we say in the biz, rocking with docking. Well, well, Billy, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, but I was going to, with each question I was going to ask you, I was going to try to throw in a song title from Docking's Back for the Attack. So I'll see if I'll be able to do that because Standing in the Shadows coming up on Sunday, Nick Aldis, who's been your NWA World Heavyweight Champion and is really kind of you know, had that flag waving for the NWA this entire time. How proud of you are you of Nick Aldison? What can we expect in this main event on Sunday? Well, you know, as I've said many times, including on your show, you know, Nick's leadership behind the scenes uh, and his his ability to uh, attract other talent as a real champion, you know, uh, both in front of the camera and behind the camera. I mean, you know, he's been the true leader of our company. And, uh, you know, I worked with Nick when he was uh, in, in TNA. I heard people talk behind the scenes about their perceptions of him, which were totally inaccurate, um, and their under- underestimation of his talent. So I had that experience where I didn't have any say over how he would be booked. Um, and, and to watch him uh, not only uh, grow in this role of champion, um, but sort of prove to the entire world that he's an elite uh, athlete 
and a professional wrestler at the highest level. That's been really satisfying. Um, you know, what's interesting is that, you know, um, as everybody knows, you know, uh, Nick's married to a future Hall of Famer in Mickey James. And uh, it's pretty interesting because when you when you go visit them, which I recently did, you know, you're like, wow, this is quite the power couple. You know, this is these are true, true, two true alphas who are who are the best at what they do. It's a it's an interesting dynamic. It's a great thing to see. Great family. And uh, yeah, I'm just proud. I'm just proud to be in a business with someone like Nick. Billy, uh, when I when I think of Nick Aldis, I think of Asgard. I don't know if you're familiar with the Thor series. And they always say that Asgard is not a place. It's a people. And Nick and, and NWA Power, it doesn't seem like it's an actual place. It seems like it's an entity. It's, a, it's something that's uh, ever-evolving, moving, uh, amoeba of a situation. Um, how do y'all see yourselves? That's actually fairly accurate. Um, one thing we talked a lot about behind the scenes is that um, professional wrestling, of course, has a culture. Um, you know, you worked for the, for the biggest company in the world. There's a particular culture. But what's happened over the last few years, probably a lot to do with social media, is that wrestling culture has become more homogenized. And um, I grew up on the companies were very distinctive in their personalities. And so our personality, which I don't think is against anybody's personality, but is additive, is a, is a tougher, bigger, meaner. I mean, you in the NWA would be a dream, Mark Henry. You know, I, I want the baddest man on the planet facing the other baddest man on the planet. That's what I grew up in. Um, as we say, people go to the circus to see the elephants. And um, we want size. We want power. And that's where a guy like Trevor Murdoch fits in. That's where a guy like Aaron Stevens fits in. Highly skilled athletes. Uh, who are, you know, uh, great personalities, but they bring that level of toughness. And that's what I want to see. Um, and if that's how we define ourselves overall, I'm totally comfortable with that. I really believe there is a huge segment of wrestling fans that still want that NWA, AWA, Mid-South uh, uh, toughness. Uh, pick your territory. Houston, Florida, the uh, Crockett's. Uh, uh, God bless Jim Crockett, who recently passed away, who we wouldn't be here without. Yeah. Um, that's what I want. I want that dusty toughness. And uh, that, that's the way I see professional wrestling. No one's going to change my mind. No, no amount of four, six, seven, eight star matches is going to change my mind. And I appreciate that world. I respect that world. And I appreciate everybody getting it done in that world. But that's not that's not our world. Well, I appreciate the compliment. Um, I am going to wrestle again in, after I turn 50. Uh, so just, you know, throwing that out there. <laughs> Mark the door. The door. I, not only is the door open, I will build a special door for you to come through. <laughs> well, let me ask you this: Now that you brought that up with Mark, and Mark does want to have one more match after he turns fifty, you know, when you look at this roster, is it a Trevor Murdoch? Is it a Tyrus possibly who's now coming back and working with the NWA this weekend at Back for the Attack? Who would be the dream opponent that you would love to see in the ring with Mark Henry? Off the top of my head, I got to say Nick. Yeah, because because look, the, the best uh, the best matchups are you go. I'm really not sure who's going over in this thing. That's the best matchups. Mm -hmm. Right. If you kind of think, you know, it's not quite the same. If you think of the great like uh, Marvin Hagler just passed away. God rest his soul. 
you think of like, him and Hearns, like, I mean, what made that epic was the fact that, you, you know, it's like, who's winning this? Thing? And right. so if, if I'm booking Mark, uh, Henry versus Nick Aldis, I mean, <laughs> how's that end? You don't know. You're right. even, if, even, if, even if Mark comes and says, Hey, I'm only going to do one more match. Oh, you know, you know, you know, it'd be a nice thing, but they never put the belt on him. You know what I mean? Hey, being the champion, being the NWA world's heavyweight champion, you might be talking to do another match and another, you know, be interesting, right? Yeah. If you, if you, you win it and you do what you're supposed to do, then you, you can't, you can't let that down. And that's been my career. Um, I've been in situations where I wanted, I had the ambition to be champion. And then there was a time when people wanted me to be champion. I was like, I don't want that responsibility. <laughs> I hear that too. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there myself. And, and that's why I have that respect for Nick is because every day he wants to be the NWA champion. He wants to be the champion forever. That means that he's the champion forever. And guys that challenge him, they know what kind of fight they're going to be in when they sign their name on that contract. Absolutely. And and Nick is, is regardless of how good the talent is that Nick faces, Nick summons the powers of all the guys that have held that title. And I feel like there's, there's something about him He's beatable, but are you willing to put the work in, grab your lunch pail, and sacrifice what you're going to be able to have to sacrifice to do that? And not many people are able to do that, and not many people have been able to take him off the throne. So that speaks volumes for his character and – how he feels about that title. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a uh, 365 with him. There's no, <laughs> there's no days off. No. You know, Billy, there's been a lot of a sleepless nights for NWA fans uh, during this time, during this pandemic, because they weren't sure about the future of the company. Was there ever a time that you had doubt about the future of the NWA? For me, it was more personal. Um, it was never a financial issue. Um, it was more like, do I want to slog through this? You know, um, as I like to point out, you know, almost every other big company is owned by a family or an entity with, you know, very, very deep pockets who can sit there and say, you know, I can afford to lose money for three or four years and we'll still be okay. That's not my situation. Um, and, you know, we were just about to turn the corner. We were just about to uh, start running live shows a live nation, biggest promoter in, in, in the world, arguably who I work with, with my band, um, had stepped forward and was willing to start booking the NWA, uh, you know, into decent sized uh, venues. And, you know, it was like, everything's kind of ready to go. And then boom, hit the pause button. And, you know, look, uh, you find out who's loyal to your vision. You find out who's just uh, happy to take a check. You know, you go through a lot of times where you're like, I'm not sure this is really worth it. You know, I love the NWA. I love the NWA fans. Um, but I'd be lying to say that every day was easy um, or that, you know, I felt motivated uh, because it really is a passion thing for me. And I and make no mistake, I want this to be a successful business. I really do want the NWA to come back in a very big way. And I think 
Tony Khan has proven that there is a market for another vision of wrestling. And uh, thankfully, Tony has included us in that in that vision. Uh, and I've been very proud to work with him. Uh, and uh, Serena Deeb is currently the NW Women's Championship, and she's obviously an AEW talent. And he's, of course, been having Thunder Rosa, who's an NWA talent, on his program. So very thankful in that. So, yeah, the market is there. Everybody is cutting the cord. You know, we all are watching on, on iPads and stuff yeah. like that. Um, or even at your, your television, you're watching, you know, uh, uh, you know, you could put fight TV on your, on your television and watch just like it's any other channel. So the digital world is coming. The money is coming for uh, people who can rise up through it, but that's never been my motivation. My motivation is, is am I passionate about this? And can I fulfill the vision of that? And where it gets kind of too silly or, you, you know, people think that they're going to work you into a corner, you know, because of X, Y, or Z, you know, and they forget, you know, Hey, by the way, I've 30 plus years in the entertainment business. I've seen weirder people than you. So but we're on the other side of that, feeling very positive, totally happy to be in business with Fight. I've really stepped up for the NWA. Uh, kudos to Mike Weber, if anybody knows Mike Weber at Fight. Awesome. So we're, we're feeling really, really, really good. Basically, every, everything that everybody said couldn't happen with the NWA has happened. Remember, uh, uh, Cornette, when I first bought it, what did he buy? Uh, people laughing said, you know, even Eric Bischoff sometime in the last year, who I like Eric. I've been to lunch with Eric, you know, uh, uh, said Billy should have never brought it back wrong, you know, uh, and I'm happy for Eric seeing that he's going to go in the WWE hall of fame, but he's wrong. He's wrong. People want the NWA P- people. We would do little things, reach out. People were like, do not give this thing up. They kept me going. Realize credit to the fans. They kept me going on those, on those darker days and said, do not give this up. We want this thing. Yeah, and, and and Mark and I, Bully and I, you know, Tommy and I on this show, we've been kind of waving the flag from day one when you decided that you were going to do this is because, you know, as an old school fan like myself that grew up watching Georgia Championship Wrestling on Saturdays, yeah. this was that vision that you're bringing forward here in 2021. And I'm so glad that you're bringing this back. And I'm so glad that we're going to be able to have this return on fight TV for back for the attack on Sunday afternoon and perfectly placed on a Sunday afternoon as well before fast lane for the WWE on Sunday. Cause I think people are really itching for this product to be back. So I really do think it's going to be successful. And you mentioned about, you know, Jim Crockett passing away, Joseph Hudson passing away. I know you're dedicating this show on Sunday afternoon to his memory and his career. Yeah, that's tough, man. Um, I don't want to cry, but Joseph was my friend for 10 years. And for anybody who doesn't sort of know the situation, uh, Joseph Hudson, who was Josephus and also the question mark in the NWA, we worked back since the Indies in Chicago. Very close friends would stay at my home. Um, you know, was an uncle to my children um, and a real confidant and a guy who worked behind the scenes in the office. I mean, he was really that guy for me. Um he, he, he was complaining of a pain behind his ear. His mom said, why don't you go upstairs, take an aspirin. He went inside. They heard a collapse. By the time they got inside, he collapsed. And uh, he never recovered. And I think by the time he was in the hospital, he was gone. Uh, they, they performed an autopsy. They don't know yet. Because of COVID, everything's backed up. So they have not gotten an autopsy report. But obviously, Joseph did not party. He was not a drinker. I don't even think he smoked weed. Um, so whatever it was, was a sort of a systemic collapse. It was a, either a heart attack or something with his brain. I don't know. He was a super healthy guy, uh, early 40s, and it's just a total tragedy. I was with his family at the memorial the other day. 
And uh, just everybody's in total shock because he was like the light of their lives. Anybody who knew him, super creative guy. Really, he came to wrestling late. Uh, came, it started when he was about 31, actually. Uh, was trained uh, uh, by Dutch uh, Mantel, who he loved. Uh, and he loved Tony, you know, Tony Falk. He, he loved that scene. Uh, Jeff Jarrett and that whole world, the Lawler. He, I think he probably was in the ring with Lawler 20, 30 times. Lawler loved working with him, wow. which says a lot. One of the greatest workers, if not the greatest worker ever. Um, sorry to babble. It's just very emotional for me because Joseph had, through the NWA, achieved his wrestling dream. He was finally getting recognized for the talent he was. I brought him into TNA. He got totally buried. Even though I was on the booking committee, he got buried. It was like, it was hard. You know what I mean? It's hard to be that guy to tell your buddy, Hey, I'm doing my best. And they just aren't feeling it. So with the NWA, it was like, okay, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you your own lane. And it was funny because we did stuff with Josephus and we did some stuff. He got, he got over it kind of in a general way, but it wasn't until he put the mask on and became the question mark that all his skill set, all his Memphis training, it all kind of clicked. And literally by the time he did his first match of the question mark, I've never seen anything like it. We kind of threw it in there as kind of an, like an extra match. The crowd was going completely nuts, and he walked back through the curtain, looked at me, and said, what just happened? What just happened? And so I'm so proud and happy that he got to experience that. And uh, we, we, have a, we have a little documentary coming out, sort of highlighting our relationship with him and, and, and the match in his honor with Aaron and Nick on Sunday. And, um, and they speak to that. They speak to that, that it's so cool that Joseph got to experience that, that love from the fans. Because as you know, Mark, when you get that, it's I've had it, you've had it. It never goes away. You're bonded with people in a very, very special way. And I'm so proud that he got to experience that. And he struggled with the wrestling business. You know, it's a tough, tough business. Yeah. As you know, he struggled with his age. He was a single parent. He had sole custody of his son, who he absolutely adored, who was on his hip every time he saw him. So wherever he is in heaven, you know, I know it just, uh, I don't want to say kills him. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Sorry. It, it, it's I know it's hard for him because he wants the best for all of us. And uh, he loved the NWA. He loved the fans. He loved his family. And to see him taken away in the prime of his life, even if he walked away from wrestling, which he talked about many times. I mean, the last conversation we actually had, he said, because he was kind of struggling with what was going on with his life vis-a-vis wrestling. And he said, I hope my, my struggle with this doesn't affect our friendship. And I said, never. It's not, it's not, it's not that. You know, we're, we're good. I want you to be happy. And so, yeah, it's a tough one, man. That's a, you know, wrestling rarely crosses that line, but when it does, it's tough. Billy, did you, did you say Tony Falk? Oh yeah. He loved Tony Falk. Tony Falk did some commercials for us for the NWA. Tim and Joseph had this commercial where Tony Falk had opened a, a chain of uh, stores called waffles and tire irons. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make this shit up. Uh, I wrestled Tony Falk many times. God bless. And yeah. When I, when I came from, uh, I was the first developmental wrestler uh, for WWE and WWF at that time. And me and Dwayne, uh, The Rock, moved in together. He moved in <laughs> with me, and we, we lived together for about nine months, and then we went to Memphis Territory. And we worked for Lawler, and we were in studio. We were a studio wrestling there was only 26 people in the studio. And that's, that's why I told Dave when uh, Power started, I was like, bro, that's where I came from. Yeah. <laughs> I remember wrestling in a studio with 26 people. 
and having matches with Tony Falk. And he would cut the promo. I got a little, little LT and then, and just doing the whole gimmick. And I, I love that part of wrestling. And seeing power, Dave and I were talking on the phone watching Willie Mack wrestle on power. And mm-hmm. you remember that day? Like yeah, I called I you and I was like, Willie Mack is on. And Willie watching him, I said, Dave, kind of like just squint your eyes a little bit. Don't he look like JYD? <laughs> and he started, Dave said, oh my God. And we were like, we like two little kids watching wrestling again. That's what power did for us. Dave was watched every show. I, 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 I didn't watch every show because I have like five jobs. I'm like the Haymon <laughs> of pro wrestling. <laughs> but like I, I started, I got to the point to where Dave would say, "Did you watch?" And I and I would say no, and he go, "Oh man, I wanted to talk to you about." And I all right, well don't say it. I'll go, I'll go while watching, and then we'll talk tomorrow. And and that's what like power became to me. It became a conduit between me and Dave. It linked me to like it was. It's one of the things that made us really friends. And that's the thing about pro wrestling that I get from Power. Um, there's there's a lot of wrestling fans that are very fickle about what they ingest in the wrestling world. And we say all the time, if you don't like something, don't watch it. Don't watch it so you can criticize it. And that is that's the furthest thing from the mouth of fans with Power. They criticize AEW. They'll criticize WWE and New Japan coming on at five o'clock in the morning. But I've never heard anybody criticize Power because they look at Power as old school wrestling. And people wrestle and tell stories. You might see a plancha or somebody 740 off the top rope every now and then. But for the most part, you're always focused on the end ring. And, man, I'm going to tell you, like, I appreciate y'all for existing because that's 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 what I love about pro wrestling. Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences, past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the Sirius XM app and Apple Podcasts. NWA back for the attack this Sunday, 4 p.m. Eastern time on Fight TV. And again, Fight TV, the new home for the NWA and NWA Power. And I know, Bill, you're very, very happy with that. Because like you said before, people consume pro wrestling completely different. And I think Fight TV is a great home for the NWA. Great partner. I am I, I couldn't be more thrilled. You know, we were we were free on YouTube for a long time and, and it worked for us in in the short term. But long term, obviously at some point you gotta make a deal with somebody and they really they really stepped up. I'm so happy. 
Yeah, and I'm very excited for the show that's taking place. And really quick, you couldn't you couldn't ask for better advertising for NWA back for the attack with the match that Thunder Rosa had with Britt Baker this past Wednesday, and then she's stepping into the ring with Camille on Sunday. That should be one hell of a matchup between those two. Well, what's interesting is uh, Rosa's, you know, arguably top five in the world right now in terms of her ability. Uh, she's in her physical prime. She's really stepped it up a notch against elite competition. But in searching my mind, I don't think she's ever faced anyone with Camille's size. I mean, Camille's like a legit 5'11", 6 feet, and she's jacked. You know, she's doing competition powerlifting. Um, she's very open about being in a relationship with Tom Latimer. All they do is work out in the gym all day. They're both massive right now. I just saw them the other day. So I'm really intrigued to see how Rosa would handle somebody of Camille's power. And what I like about it is, you know, that's that's the compelling matchup. And whoever whoever goes over will, will go on to face Serena. Serena's outlook for a little bit with a, like a knee scope, mm-hmm. uh, nothing major. And so, uh, yeah, whoever whoever goes over will go face Serena. So Serena, also totally elite talent, uh, very happy with her as NWA women's champion. So, yeah, I mean, just, the, just those three, it's very clean, right? Who's going to win that and who's going to face Serena? I just, I love it. That's, that's to me, that's pure wrestling right there. Hey everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current Sirius XM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. There's a lot to talk about with Justin Labar today. And Justin, how, first of all, how are you, man? And sorry for the delay. Ah, it's all good, guys. I'm good. I mean, we look, look we got uh, yeah, NWA coming Sunday. We got Fastlane. Mania is approaching. We got a country music Friday. We're arguing over hot dogs. I love it. I love it all. I'm here for it all. Okay. You don't mind the country music Friday. Then. Is there a particular country song you want Ed to play on a country Friday? No, I'm a country fan. My first okay. concert was country. I grew up, I'm, I'm, I'm a Travis Tritt fan, uh, Brooks and Dunn, Garth Brooks. I'm, I'm a country fan. It's in the 90s country. I'm not, a lot of stuff today doesn't necessarily hit it with me, but the 90s country. All right. Okay. All right. We'll dig it. We'll try to get some, some of that for you. Uh, we'll get Ed to cue that up. Uh, busy day today. Uh, WrestleMania tickets officially available today. H- uh, how are things looking for Tampa for WrestleMania 37, Justin? It doesn't look like there's any shortage of demand. That's for sure. Yeah, they went on sale exactly an hour ago. They had a pre-sale the, um, yesterday, but the on sale, the general on sale, was about an hour ago, 10 a.m. Eastern time. And I and you, you just go on there, and there's a, a waiting room, and then you got to get in the queue. There's people that are getting numbers as high as 2,000 in terms of their queue number of where where they are from the front of the line. Um, so it, you know whether or not it's whether or not the 25,000 for each day. Uh, is officially sold out today. It definitely seems like probably by the time we get to Raw on Monday, uh, and then then you wonder, okay, they get twenty five if they if they hit their twenty five thousand uh, goal, you know, w- what is to stop them? Maybe do they add a few more? Do they add a couple more thousand if they see that the demand is there and and and, then, and people uh, are, are buying? So, uh, you know, there's three different three different links to go to. There's a link if you want to buy the combo package of both days, and then there's a separate link for each individual night if you want an individual ticket. So. Uh, but all, all three links and you have a, a long waiting list. Wow. 
I, I I don't I don't know, Dave. Um, if if twenty five thousand is going to be enough to be WrestleMania, I think that they. I mean, you should make it at least thirty five a day. Well, don't forget, Mark. Last year we didn't have any fans for WrestleMania. I know, so but I'm just saying, is Wrestle is like you're going to open it up, open it up. Well, just well, socially you- distance. Just. Just make it to where, like they did in football, you had uh, a row of seats from the ring to the to the top, and then you had two seats over. Then you had another, like you just stagger it all the way up around the arena. Well, like Dave said, I mean, coming from a performance center WrestleMania that we had last year, something will be better than nothing. I mean, I, you know, Mark, you could speak to this. So we all, we do always hear about wrestlers uh, talking about like open air stadiums, like Raymond James is about how the sound goes up and out. So I will be yeah. curious for the talent if they will also be just in appreciation mode to have something rather than piped in noise or if it's still going to feel a little, a little, you know, silent to them. Well, you work for the crowd. So, and you work for the reaction from the crowd. It's going to be easier. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. This is Mark Stradamus right here. <laughs> Guys are going to get out there with 10, 12, 15 minutes, and they're going to go five minutes over. It's going to be the longest pay-per-view in the history of pay-per-views because learning time is an adjustment that you learn by working live. Nobody has been working live hardly in front of people. So the adjustment will be off rather than people working too short amount of time, I think that you usually work over the time. And 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 I just, you know, I just feel like, you know, if you're going to have a crowd, you you want you you want to have more people close by the ring and then socially distance all the people up around the arena so you can actually hear something and get reaction but uh also uh serve the purpose of letting people in in the first place. It's interesting because I would think that probably they might have it mic'd up a little bit differently uh, in the stadium to kind of get that live crowd feel. Don't forget too, Mark, like, you know, just to mention, you know, last year was at the performance center in front of no fans. You know, they wanted to kind of follow the lead of the Super Bowl. Super Bowl had less than 25. I think they had about 22,000 fans at the Super Bowl. And I got to be honest, watching that Super Bowl game, I wasn't thinking to myself, boy, I wish there was more fans. Boy, you know. I didn't really. I thought they did a phenomenal job. And Mark, you know better than anybody that WWE production staff. I'm sure they're going to make that uh, stadium look gorgeous over those two nights for WrestleMania 37. So, I mean, and safety first. They're going to supply masks. They're going to have the pods. Social distance. So, so Justin, I think in this instance, safety first because you don't want a PR nightmare. God forbid. And. You know, I think 25,000, hey, you get 50,000 fans for WrestleMania weekend as opposed to what we got last year. That That's a win. That's a big win for the WWE. Yeah, a big win. And, you know, we, a couple of weeks ago, you know, one of you guys asked me, you know, what, what did I think in terms of number? You know, this is when we didn't know how many fans. And I said somewhere in the, in the 20,000 range, which, again, that's where we're at right now. And it just it, it, it makes the most sense because, Dave, as you said, you don't want a PR nightmare the Super Bowl did just about this. So you can you can turn to the stadium. You can turn to Raymond James Stadium, turn to their turn to their staff and say, Okay, show me how the Super Bowl did it. How do they get people in? How do they get them out while keeping, you know, trying to trying to keep distance and safety? So 
you know, it just makes sense to stay with what just worked. This is, I mean, I, you know, I know that WWE loves to be ambitious. They love to always be the first. They love to, to pioneer. But it makes sense in this situation for safety and for avoiding negative PRs to do exactly how the NFL did it as best as you can. Um, and, and you're right. I watched the Super Bowl, and because you actually could see fans reel and then cut, cardboard cut out, you know, it, it sounded fine. It looked fine. I, didn't, I was not distracted or, or jarred off at all uh, watching the Super Bowl. So I have hope that, uh, that the WrestleMania will be a similar experience. Yeah, and you can put the cardboard between a row of people two cardboard rows, people, two cardboard. You do that all the way around. It'll look good and it'll feel good. But as it relates to uh, the first 20 yards away from the ring, uh, you should be able to try to get the most people in that first 20 yards up into the crowd. Just, um, you know, let people sit together. They come in groups together. And, um, you know, put people that have had the vaccine and are, you know, that's, that's, you know, been treated, you know? So, I mean, it's a way to do it. You just have to like, just think about it a little bit. I don't, I don't think that during, when the NFL, uh, at the Super Bowl, they brought people in, that's kind of what they did. People in groups that knew each other and that kind of thing and still with masks on. But I think for the most part, they didn't push, hey, if you've had the vaccination, then we'll sell you a ticket close to the ring. All I care about is if there's some LaGreca heads in the audience at, at WrestleMania. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen a LaGreca head in the audience oh. in, a, in over a year now. The, the so ego we has get not some been LaGreca heads at the, the. You see that ego? Dang. Ego that hasn't ego. Been stroked for a year. Dude, the last time was that dynamite. What was that? March 11th or whatever that was. March 11th, I think, or March 12th was the last time there was a LaGreca head in the audience at a, at a televised pro wrestling show. That's when you know things are starting to get back to normal. Is when you see the Lagreca heads in the audience. Now, I or put him there's there you go. Put them in the un, You know what? Instead of cardboard cutouts in the unoccupied seats at Raymond James Stadium, just Lagreca heads and all the empty seats where there's not live fans. All, all of them, just Lagreca heads and all the unoccupied Gabby. seats at Raymond James Stadium. Gabby. Please 30, stop 30,000 LaGreca heads mixed in with the live fan. So if you're going to do that, Mr. McMahon, 25,000 is enough. Don't overstretch. Let's be safe. LaGreca heads in the empty seats. Okay, Justin, <laughs> uh, the Peacock Network. A lot of controversy. What are we getting? When is it starting? How much content? What can you tell us about Peacock that's starting Sunday with Fastlane? Yeah, well, so the WWE Network on Peacock uh, is now a thing. It's officially uh, launched, and then the old WWE Network, the app, that will uh, go away in early April. So, yeah, Fastlane this Sunday, the first pay-per-view on Peacock. Yeah, and it's not without controversy. Look, as humans generally, we don't do well with change. Change is always brought, you know, when they – no matter what it is, change is always brought with resistance. You know, people get used to something. So I'm not surprised by this. Um, Yeah, there's confusion of, okay, well, like – it, it, do I, do I, does my existing account you know, transfer over? Do I know I need to sign up and have a new, you know, new login now for Peacock? Uh, not all the content, all that archive content, I guess the network's not coming immediately. I guess it's going to be kind of as a, 
and a gradual rollout. They say by SummerSlam, everything will be there. Uh, and again, it's just, you know, it's just a different interface. It's just a different look, a different workaround to find your, your, your content. If you go into the Peacock app uh, and, and, and paywall. So then it was for the WWE network. So I, I'm not surprised again, you look at social media, it's the world is burning the networks on Peacock, but, uh, and, and this, despite you're, you're saving money and that's what fans forget. They're actually, they're actually, it's cheaper than what it was. So I, that's what I say when the people are in an uproar, like you're saving yourself five bucks a month. And again, it's like I say, not all wrestling fans. There's the busted open nation, which is a great, which is the, uh, the great part of wrestling fans, but there are some wrestling fans, man. Like I said, I could, I could hand them a hundred dollar bill and they bitch that I didn't give them five $20 bills. It, it's just some people you just can't win. Well, if the nation's anything like me and I suffer from lack of funja, Cheaper is always better, Justin. Cheaper is always better. So Peacock is going to deliver that. Um, in WWE news, and I've been following us on WrestlingInc.com, uh, Andrade. What's the latest with Andrade? Yeah, so WrestlingInc.com, uh, uh, you can see me doing live podcasts with um, all throughout the week. Uh, they had reported uh, a little over a week ago that Andrade was unhappy and that he had, in fact, at uh, uh, a Monday Night Raw taping recently in recent weeks, had requested his release. And was denied. And that was the report coming from Wrestling Inc. Stood by it. And then Andrade, uh, since, has come out this past week on his social media. And, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, but basically said the, the, the rumors are true. And just talk, you know, just talked about you know, wanting to find, wanting to get back to happiness, wanting to get back to, to purpose. And you know, basically wanted to, I guess, to you know, get, get back to work, but uh, you know, under conditions and situations, I guess, that, that would make him happy. So who knows what's going to happen. You know, we've seen in the past when guys or girls have been outspoken about wanting to leave the the release normally is not granted at least not right away so you know um you know it's, it's a situation i guess we'll just continue to watch but andrade it's been been many many months since we've seen him used uh on WWE programming was was there an outburst from charlotte recently as well that i don't know but that's you know the mark <clears throat> to that point that's that's what i that, that's what i think is, is tough as a situation thinking about them as people them them personally is you know it was when you have one person you know when you both work for the same employer and one person is unhappy and then the other person you know is, is one of the pillars that the company builds around i, I, I always <laughs> wonder that that's such that's gonna be such a a, a tough d- dynamic personally for them to do you know and I, to, for them to deal with i i would guess don't know don't know what her reaction don't know what her if she has any um leverage in the situation to, to help help it come to peace and that i don't know so we'll just have to keep did, watching did but. you ever hear the story justin of uh jimmy johnson uh firing and cutting john roper the second round draft pick that they got in um i guess that was 90 or 91 no what's the story well he fell asleep in a meeting and he cut him and fired him and said hey You'll get plenty of rest now. And then somebody said, well, what if Troy Aikman fell asleep? He said, I'd wake him up. <laughs> There's a double standard. Yep. And there always will be. You treat everybody fairly, but you don't treat everybody the same. Dave is going to get a special kind of treatment with me that other people won't get because he's a friend of mine like that. But and, and that's the thing in pro wrestling, but you can't double talk wrestlers because when you double talk a wrestler, they like, hey, man, you just shit on everything that we've tried to build. You have to just be honest and say, listen, love your work, would appreciate you being this, but let's work on this and this and this 
And then maybe we can sit around and talk about us working together about what you're doing. And that's what wrestlers are not getting right now. So there's a thirst for communication. Um, and that's what all wrestling companies, not there's no one that's perfect and there's no one that's without sin, if you will. Um, they all have to communicate better. And the wrestlers want to just get along. They want to get on TV, so they, they're willing to sacrifice sometimes. Well, I don't want to cause a stir. I don't want to make them seem like I'm a problem. No, that's called doing business. So the communication process uh, needs to get better in wrestling. And then we'll avoid all those kind of issues. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.